The Lord, this is Brad Julius again. We are going through the books, the, the epistles in the Bible in the form of teaching. So I want to go along with me, open your Bible. This time we are going to the book, the general epistle of Jude. That is the last little book before you get to the book of Revelation. It's a one chapter book of Jude. And we're going to go step by step and believe God will give us some insight. Read along with me and I will stop at some points and give some explanation. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Now, this apostle, we believe this is apostle Jude. It's called Judas in the book of, uh, in the gospel. But not Judas Iscariot. That's the one that asked the Lord Jesus Christ in the if you go back to the Gospel of John, when they were in the final discussion, it was Jude. This Jude was one of the apostles. They said Jude, the brother of James, not the not the other James, that James and John. They said there are several James among them. But they said this one is James. The other James, they called James the less, and he's also he also have his own brother, Jude. So when the Lord was calling these his apostles. It's amazing how the Lord call brothers together. These are not only two boys. Like uh, Peter, Apostle Simon Peter, was a fisherman, already most, most likely the oldest among them. But he has a brother who was working with him, maybe two years old, younger, or three years younger, which was Andrew. God called both of them together. James and John, they were not the two boys, maybe like uh, 20 and 18 or 20 and 16, but they were called together, they both followed Jesus Christ. There's another small one, James and Jude. And that's another James. And Jude was called Jude, Judas, the brother of James. It's different from the James and John, the source of Sabbath. So amazing that the Lord actually called families. And those families, when you notice, you see that even the parents follow. The parents follow Jesus Christ. But the children, the children are not called to be apostles. For example, James and John, the source of Sabbath. Their mom was following, following the logic among the women that are happy. As I said, the Lord, this boy will be a great reward in heaven because your whole family follows the logic. You say, What about the father? The father can't follow uh, um, and leave all the fishing. He was providing the money. So he also believed. He believed, he believed. Because if he was providing the money so these people can go and follow the logic. They, they, they left their father with the hired servants. So you can see, he was providing the money. The boys were going along with himself. And the mom also will, everybody comes to town, listen. And we went to Jesus, we followed, she, she followed them. So the mom kept providing the money so that these people can keep following the Messiah. So it's a whole family affair thing. So the same way many people, when they follow, just can say, Thou shall be saved and your whole house. So if you are saved and your family has not been saved yet, keep praying. They will, be, they will turn around. If you are saved and your parents are not saved yet, keep praying. 
God will save them, bring them around. Because it's a whole family thing sometimes. If you are saved and your little brothers are going to be saved, keep praying for them. Don't give up, keep praying. And God will bring them all around. And that has been noted because it's a whole family affair thing when God called him. So what I was pointing out is that James, the uh, Judas that was, uh, that was, taught, that wrote the book of Jude here as we are trying to read it. You see his name in John chapter 14 at verse 22. When they were discussing, he was the one that said, he said, Judas said unto him, I said, not Iscariot, that's another Judas Iscariot was the one that betrays Lord Jesus Christ. But this is called Judas, it's called Jude here. It's the same Judas, the brother of James. It's what he called, that's why he introduced himself as the brother of James. So that he can know that there's a, there's a Judas, the brother of James. There's a James and John, the sons of Sebedee. There's James, the, they call him James the, the less, or James the, they have a father's name actually, and this is Judas, his brother. But let's go back to Jews. And he said, Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Now, verse 3 is where he started his exhortation. Jude, verse 3. Beloved, so this letter is written to everybody. That's why he says, To them that are sanctified by God the Father. So, who are you sanctified? Believers. And preserved in Jesus Christ. Who are those preserved in Jesus Christ? We that have accepted Christ. And called everybody that is following Christ, we are all called. So this is a general letter to everybody that you pen and he said, Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Now it's going to start to say, Beloved, when I gave all diligence, as he's writing this indigently, to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should honestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So what was he mean by the faith? Well, the, it's more saying, even by this time when he was writing, maybe it was 20 years later after Christ has resurrected, and gone to him. maybe it was 12, 15 years later, but he was, you will see that maybe there have been some laxity among the believers, that people are now just becoming an head knowledge, and no more fire, fervent. So he's saying that we don't forget, we must contend. Now this contend means, this is a, a warfare against the devil. Don't take it lightly. So that's what he's really trying to emphasize here. You say, I'm writing this to you seriously, seriously, diligently writing to you. When you talk about this salvation, we are saved, oh, we are saved, oh, praise God, we are saved. Like common salvation we all receive. Say, don't take that salvation lightly. Take it seriously. Because there's an enemy that is walking around looking for how to pull you, whether by force or secretly, into sin, so that your salvation can be diminished. Because saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved from sin, really. Because Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Is what the Bible says. If we are redeemed from the cause of the law, and what is the cause of the law? Anyone that is not fulfilling all, that is not doing all these things that Moses wrote down, who are, who are those who are sinners. He said there is a cause upon them. Don't go and read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. After verse 14, he put causes. Causes include every form of disease, every form of disease sickness, every form of poverty, and ultimate physical death. Agonizing death. That was all the cause that rose, Moses wrote down for those who do not follow the laws. And the Bible said Christ has come to redeem us from that cause. That does not mean that you can continue to sin and just do all those ungodliness and think the cause will not come upon you anymore. It simply says we are no longer under the cause because he is removing sin from us. When sin is removed from us, we are no longer under that cause. And how does he remove the sin from us? Not by just telling us thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. 
Because the Lord of Moses told the people, Thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that. But the power not to do it is not given. So people are struggling. And they couldn't keep this law because if you offend in one, you have offended in all. But what Christ came to do is to take the sinful nature out of us. So that we are now saved, means we are saved from inside. Our inside is in, you know, changed. The spirit, a new spirit is given to us so that the law of God is now fulfilled in us. We don't need us, thou shalt not anymore because we don't do them anyway. Thou shalt not do it because we don't do them anyway because it's no more part of us. A new nature begins to us. That is the salvation. He said, now don't forget that that is something you should keep. That's why that happens in Jewish, right? All that. Even it's a common salvation that I need to write to you to contend for it. For the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Don't take it lightly. That the devil just come and trick you into unbelief. Trick you into doing this offense. This doesn't matter. No, it matters if it is an offense, it's an ungodly thing. It matters if it is uh, something that is going to bring you to, to of, offense with God. So don't, that's like, like, like the devil came to weave and said, you will not surely die and give me a reason, which is a lie. Those are the deception of the devil. Contend for the faith. Don't let the devil deceive you into any trick of his. So why else of the devil? See, contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the Once me, it was delivered a long time ago to us. And contend for it, hold it firm because it's like a fight. If, you, if somebody gives you a, a something in your hand, you're holding, and the enemy comes trying to grab that thing away from your hand, you don't let him grab it away and just be, oh, it took you. No, you fight for it if you know how precious that thing is. That is what Apostle Jude is saying here that you are to contend for that faith that was delivered to us. So don't let the devil come with a sneaky trick and just take it away from you, and you are back into your sin that will lead you to hell, lake of hell. To contend to stand if you go to a place where you know, there's a place here in um, Arizona where they call canyon a grand canyon is when you look down that hole it's almost like one mile deep and they have a fence people go there to take photographs if somebody tries to push you over that cliff you let him push you you struggle for your life so that's what he's saying if anybody's trying to trick you into sin whether by a trick or somebody wants to rape you I say no this is adultery no you fight for it for with your with your fight for your life, that's what he's saying. Contend for the faith that was once delivered unto unto the saints. Don't let don't, don't don't fall for it. Don't fall easily. Don't fall easily into the wiles of the devil. And now he's going to tell us why he's saying this because he saw that some has crept in for verse four. And when you look at his warning here, the Jude is warning the believer. It's similar to what Apostle John wrote, where he says some spirits are coming into the world that denying that Christ has come and they are trying to deceive believers and these people these things were seen in the spirit when they saw it in the spirit they may begin to see it manifesting among some believers or so-called believers and then they are warning the others that don't listen to what we are what you are hearing here don't listen to this false doctrine don't listen to this uh, false uh, message of uh, evolution or this whatever it is don't let them trick you to offensive where they make you not believe in God anymore because they were they creeping on our ways. That's verse four. Say, for there are certain men. Now that means they are not just seeing it in the spirit world. They have seen that they are. This is already manifesting through men, because these spirits come through men. Either they whisper through their mind, and they don't bring the thing. They got a new inspiration. And they don't know it's coming from the devil, or they got a new idea. They don't know it's coming from some demons. Or oh, the science said this. 
You know, that is the devil has taken hold of those scientists. <laughs> and they thought uh, science, science, science said what? Science is, uh, is lying to you. Science said there's no God. Because we that talk to you, I'm a scientist also. He said, there are certain men crept on our way, which means they came among the believers. That's what he means, crept in. Not that they have crept into the world. No, they were already in the world, but they crept into the believers. Why are they creeping? Because they saw these religious people. They like to be religious too, but they didn't forsake their sins. So they come among them and follow them. And that's upon you in our generation. They had this thing is going, oh, Holy Ghost fire. So, yeah, I like to have that too. But they did not repent from their sins. So they come among the believers and say hallelujah with them and jump up and down with them. But they have not been changed inside. God knows that I so. And when they have opportunity, they become leaders in that group. I mean, how do they get the opportunity? Ah, because they can speak. Maybe because they also have a bachelor's degree in education or this or that. So they also took over. Very soon, they are dictating. And that's what happened. Well, the corruption on our ways, because we are human, we don't see what is going on in the spirit unless the Lord reveal it. God doesn't reveal it to us, we can't tell. Who has really believed? We can't say we preach to somebody. He says, Oh, pray for me. I want to accept your Jesus. We pray for him, not so. But we don't know his heart. Only God knows his heart. There have been stories like that where some people came in secretly and follow a pastor and say, We are going to accept your Jesus. Not knowing that they are actually jihadists that wanted to kill the pastor and build down the Christian. And they come to their fellowship to their Bible study for twice in twice in a week. Not knowing that each time they came, they actually look at who and who came. When did they normally do it? So that they, and very second week or third week, they came and attacked the pastor and beat him up because they were jihadists. They are not, they, are not, they, didn't, they didn't accept Jesus. But Jesus Christ saw this thing. God, they are not deceiving God. But if we are watchful and we are full of the Holy Spirit and we have the spirit of designing, we won't fall for them. Don't fall for them just because they say hallelujah with you. Does not mean they have already given their life to Christ? Be prayerful. Be cautious. That's very important. And be full of designing of spirit. And when you are free, you will go, let the Holy Ghost lead you. And that's how the only way we can do better. If God allows them to persecute, because God allowed them to persecute, that will prove our faith also. So, Apostle Jude is saying, this man crept in on our way, who are before of old ordained to this condemnation. And it's going to begin to put words upon against them. He said, they are ungodly men. This is verse 4. Turning the grace of our God unto lasciviousness, that is greediness. They are trying to gain something, money or something, or fame. And they are denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So that is the same thing that Apostle John wrote, that these spirits are anti-Christ, anti-to-Christ. They are no more preaching that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. They are denying Christ coming in the flesh. Verse 5 says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believe not. Now this is a warning is given to every believer that you should remember, even these people, if you think they were all saved, they were all accepting Christ with us, they can still turn around and become wrong because of offenses. See, that's why he's reminding the believers that remember what happened in the days of Moses? The people that followed Moses into the they were all claimed, they were all expected to be Israelites. They left Egypt and followed Moses into the wilderness. That's the one he's, he's, he's talking about. He gave that as an example. So I want to remind, remind, give you, keep, put you in remembrance that the Lord saved the people out of the land of Egypt. But afterward, he destroyed them that did not believe. Because they all followed Moses. 
But when they got to the wilderness and the rubber beneath the road, no food, no water, and they many of them became agitating. They were opposing Moses. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They didn't believe all the signs and wonders. They forgot about that. That was happening for from, from, from through Moses in, the, in Egypt. They didn't believe that anymore. They, all in, in the end, they got to the land and they were about to go and spy the place. They said, "Well, these people are too." They forgot God was the one fighting for them in in Egypt and on the road. So they wanted to go back to Egypt. So God said they didn't believe and they were all destroyed. Many of them destroyed. And they all died. So that is the story he was reminding us in verse 5. Now don't forget that. So that when we say we have followed the Lord, we have been born again, whole family, this is a fight, this is a battle against the devil. The devil is one that tricked all those people by fear. That's why the devil deceived them. They didn't see the devil with horns and hoofs. The devil just came in the spirit among those Hebrews that left Egypt and put fear upon them. They saw the giants. Now they are afraid of the giants. When God said he has given them the land, those who are trusting God, they are not afraid of giants. See? So that is the unbelief that came upon them. The devil. It was still the devil doing all those things. But they did so many times. God said, well, he just wiped them out. So that was what Apostle Jude in his letter was reminding us. In this epistle, he said, I will therefore put you in remembrance. Though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And in 1 verse 6, about angels also that were giving the same type of judgment. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. God has reserved in everlasting chains. And he, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Now, what was he referring to here? He was referring to the story in the book of Genesis that said some sons of God came unto the daughters of men and have children for them. And the Believe the expositor said those sons of God actually the angels that were expected to be holy washers upon the earth in that generation that they corrupted themselves. The this thing he was writing, we didn't see this detail here in the book, but people have read the book of Enoch, which was not in the Bible here, but it's one of those books that were circulating in that generation also, because Apostle Jude mentioned that Enoch wrote about this. Thing. So he was have been writing reading it from the book of Enoch that was in their generation. Which we still have some of those book of Enoch that people can read, and Enoch was the one that described that these angels were the one that begin to marry daughters of men, and they brought for the giants. You can read that in the book of Genesis chapter six. So that was what he was saying. He said that God reserved those angels under darkness for their punishment. He has reserved them in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day. And then he went further to tell us another example. He just given examples of judgment that came. Judgment that came upon the men, the follow Moses, because they didn't believe. Judgment that came upon the angels that didn't keep to their own estate. I mean, their angels should stay as angels and not mix up, turn to men and marry women. So they were reserved in everlasting under darkness. And then he talk about another judgment that came upon Sodom and Gomorrah, verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So that's another, another example. Is remember the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah? Also? They turn to violence, sexual violence, and anyone that comes to town that is stranger, they want to have funny sex 
homosexuality. The sodomites, they call them homosexuality, homosexuals. The so strangers, they say, well, they must visit these strangers. And that was what was going on in that city. And God has seen it and said, let's come down and see where this thing was. And sent two angels. And they saw those two angels came into the house of the Lord to read in the book of Genesis. And they wanted to come and have homosexuality with them. And God destroyed the whole city, Sodom and Gomorrah. And only Lot escaped. So that is what he's given us. Remember, say, remember this also. That they suffer a vengeance of eternal fire. Verse 8, he said, Likewise also these filthy dreamers, I'm bringing back to these people he's talking about, that are sneaking among the believers, trying to bring a falsehood and opposing Christ. He said, They defile the flesh and despise dominion and speak evil of dignities. That means they are talking against the truth, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, and so on. So. Verse 9, he said, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring against him a real accusation, but said the Lord rebuked him. So he pointed this one out in, uh, in the fact that he said Michael was contending with, uh, with the devil, that he, the devil, he tried to still give some respect to that satanic speaker called Kerub, of, Kerub which was called to be a former Kerub, but fell. But the, the, the kind of live, give some, some respect for that devil. Just not to offend God. See, that's what they do. See, that's why he was referring to that. He does not bring real accusation against Satan. Even when you are debating about Moses, he just said the Lord rebuked him. They use the name of the Lord to rebuke Satan. So that it shows humility. So that's why he's pointing out that even these people that he was talking about, they are not showing humility at all. They are just bragging and thinking they know better than anybody. And he said they are speaking evil of dignities. Whatever he has heard them speak. Any dignity could be just even the rulers. If you speak against the rulers, you may be falling into that category of your speaking evil against dignity. Let's say the rulers are your governors or your head of the government. They are doing evil, yeah, but don't speak evil against them. Just pray for them. Just pray for them. You know they are doing wickedness, yeah, but just pray for them. Don't use your mouth to lambast them. Don't use your mouth because the Bible says that let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth as believers. So we as Christians are still among the caution and exhorted not to use our mouth to speak evil. I guess even only people that you know that evil do us. Just pray for them. Because what you are saying out of your mouth is going to condemn you or judge you. Because you say that from your own mouth you shall be condemned, from your own mouth you shall be justified. So well, I'm sure that man is wrong. Keep your peace. Just pray for them. That's what the exhortation is. That's what we'll say. Even if you know that that man is a bezler, just keep your peace. Don't name, don't mention anybody. You can talk about a bezler is wrong, but don't mention anybody's name. Just pray for him. If they say, they bring someone to you and say, that man has done it, just pray for him. Don't participate in their evil things, but don't, don't lambast them with your own mouth. Because out of your mouth, you can be judged. So that's what he said, that even the, the angels, they still show respect to even that Lucifer and leave him alone because the Lord himself has judged Satan. So they don't want to get themselves into it. But when you now lambast, you are proud, you are now bringing yourself above. It's like pride. And God resisted the proud. That's why they said the Lord rebuked it. And they kept their humility. We also should learn from that. We should keep our humility and just use the name of the Lord to rebuke Satan. Verse 10. See, but these people, he's talking about, they speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as Bruce Bruce in those things, they call up themselves.
praise the Lord well we will continue this message in the next broadcast the Bible said precept shall be upon precept line upon line a little day a little day and I pray that you will not miss the next broadcast so that you can build upon that which you have just learned today the Bible said faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God in other words you can say faith coming by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God it's not just a one time shot you must keep hearing the word so that your faith can be built up we shall continue this message in the next broadcast don't miss the next broadcast God bless you